This is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Those who he 
predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he will also glorify. But we're going to pray. We're going to bring this to God. We're going to do that. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for Mother's Day. I thought what Adrian said was so beautiful, God. It's so beautiful, God, that I hope there's not a single woman under the sound of our voice this morning, God, that did not hear, that did not hear anything other than they are valued, that they have a purpose, that God, that, that God's purpose, your purpose for them would not be based on whether they can have or cannot have or whatever the natural is trying to claim over them as far as children go, but they would know that they are a daughter's first of the most high king, God, that your word is mightier than any diagnosis, that your word is greater than any years in between. God, that your word is greater, your call is everlasting, that you will make your way, God. And Father God, we just thank you for everything you're about to do in and through this service this morning. By your spirit, God, nothing else. In Jesus, by name of faith, no church set. I will be emotional this morning. You're going to find out why. I have had personally a week that's incredibly tough. A week that I feel like come Sunday that I've just had the ever-living beating out of me. I feel like this week really try to have its way with Matt before, really try to have its way with Takeover Church, really try to have its way with the church at large, and really try to have its way with a whole section of human geography this morning. And I've got to say before we go any further, before we go any further this morning, racism is sin. Racism needs to go back to hell from which it came. If sin is missing the mark by definition, racism is missing the mark. We're not going to be another church that when something happens like this in a whole entire community that we're a part of, of our black and brown brothers and sisters, one was hunted down, that we're not going to say anything. We're not going to carry on as if life is normal. I'm sorry if we're going to be in an uproar about COVID-19, that Ahmed deserves our uproar, that justice deserves our voice, and as a white man who leads a church in Grand Rapids, Takeover Church will always stand with you. Yeah. We will always say black lives matter. We will always say that brown lives matter. We will always identify that there's an area in our country and in the world at large that needs resurrection. Yeah. This morning is not going to be about this, but I couldn't go any further without this being said. Because there is an entire section of demographic of human beings that needs to taste and see that the Lord is good. That needs to know that life and life to the full that Jesus came for is not just for white people like me. But we're going to see life and life to the full brought to our brothers and sisters of color. And we're going to see them liberated of racism that has plagued our freaking world this entire time. So I'm going to, your family, the people of Atlanta, every person who comes from that background, who has a different skin color than me, who has a different life experience than me, I'm with you. For whatever it's worth, I'm going to use my voice, I'm going to use my power, I'm going to use my platform to champion all people. We love you. God is for you. He's not done. And just because man is failing you left and right, don't you ever think he's outrun on you? He is with you. Yeah. We're going to see the goodness of God, like Adrian said, in the land of the living, not just the white living, 
but the black and the brown and the people of all colors, demographics, and backgrounds. Amen? Yeah, man. By the Spirit, by the Spirit, we're going to see it. By the Spirit. This week I had an incredible week that was just incredibly tough. Incredible is one of those words that can mean so many things, right? You're like, it was incredible! Incredibly bad. And it's okay, I know. Your pastor's just like starting off service on a heavy note. He doesn't seem okay. I'm not okay. I haven't been okay all week, okay? It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to remain that way. Amen. And so the reason I titled this message by the Spirit is because when life was coming at me, when I got news a couple days ago that a man who I wouldn't say that I'm friends with, but I would say he impacted my life and my ministry, my call in a profound way. Some almost 10 years ago when I met him, when I was youth pastoring down in Dallas, we came across each other, we had a great conversation, he imparted a lot to me in just a few moments. And here we are almost a decade later, and I find out that he took his own life a pastor. And he hit me hard. On top of a week that I already had, where it felt like things on the inside of me were coming at me, when it felt like things of life were coming at me, when it felt like I was just up against the rocks in the river of life, getting bruised and beaten from both sides. Has anybody been there? And it's in those moments that you're trying to get past it, right? You're trying to get past it. You're sitting here going, for me, this is my experience. Yours might be different. You might be a nurse. You might be a doctor. You might be a teacher. You might be in uh, insurance or some other section of the world, nonprofit. I don't know. But for me, life is coming at me. I'm just like, okay, this is real real. This really sucks. There's a lot of customers that I'm not going to sit because I love Jesus, but honor God, and people come with my lips, but they're associated with this problem. And it's hard. But over here, I also have these responsibilities. I got these responsibilities as a Jesus follower. I got these responsibilities as a husband. I got responsibilities as a pastor. Maybe, again, yours is a different vocation, but we got these responsibilities. And when life is coming at us, when things are happening to us, when it's swelling up uncontrollably on the inside of us, and we have to somehow get past this over here to be able to fulfill our responsibilities over here, our callings over here, what we were made to do over here. How many of you know that's incredibly difficult? How many of you know that's a hard place to be in? How many of you know you really do so much in this life you feel like you were just getting beat up against the rocks in a raging white river that you just cannot control? It's just flowing, it's just coming at you, and all you can do is either hold on to the rocks or get thrashed up against them, but sometimes you're just figuring out how to get through it. And this week, that was me. That was me. You ever have a little picture, Joe? How would you spell How would you pay? That was one of those weeks. And as I sat down to prepare this message and to think about church and all of these things that I still have to do, that I still have to put my best efforts into, it feels insurmountable. But how many of you know what may be insurmountable with man is not impossible with God? Amen. And so I sat there, I put some headphones in, I played the new elevation record. It's good. It's not as good as we'll take a worship song for you, okay? Okay. Or maybe worship leader Amy sent us a song last night she's working on. Woo! Okay. Fire. But 
Notice the new elevation back here, which I love. He sat there with God. I said, God, how am I going to get past this? How am I going to be able to sit down? How am I going to let you flow through me when there's so much coming at me? How am I going to let you flow through me? And he just dropped a real simple phrase on the inside of me. because the Holy Spirit. He's so much further down the track than you are. He sees way further than you do. He's got a vantage point from heaven that he can see the beginning of your race and the end of your race and everything in between. He is so much further ahead of you. You're caught up in the middle of your bad week. You're caught up in the middle of your bad life. You're caught up in the middle of what has been happening to you. But the Holy Spirit, he sees it from a different vantage point. And what God whispered on the inside of me was when I said, how am I going to move past this so that you can move through this? He said, by the Here's, here's the context. Here's 
Here's the Apostle Paul again, an amazing man, an amazing man, responsible for what we see the church being like today. He is incredible. He wrote most of the New Testament. He is a legend, and he has a past in history. He was not born a saint. Hello, he died one, but he was not born one. He got a past, and it was bad, okay? It's messed up. But here we are, and we see Paul. He is writing to the Roman church. Y'all know about Rome? You ever seen Spartacus? Don't, okay? Don't see Spartacus. It's wild, it's nasty, and Rome is torn up from the floor up, okay? Spartacus is bad, and Rome was jacked up. Rome had so much bad going on. It, was, it wasn't just racism, it was sexism, it was demonology, it was idolatry. He never doing anything under the sun. Rome acted in such a heinous way. They had such a large army that they would just take and do and pillage whatever they felt necessary to, just simply because they felt that they had a bigger stick than the other guy. Okay? Come through, I'm wrong. What should I do? Paul, 
is writing to these Romans, the first thing Paul says is, we have the Holy Spirit who is with us and helps us in our weakness. He is with us and he helps us in our weakness. This is incredible because it's writing to Again, these people who are oppressed, these people who are forced into slavery and into all these other areas, forced to fight wars that are, there's no morality to them at all. It's just what guy woke up one day in the wrong side of bed and decided he hated. It's just, it just is what it is. And these are the people, again, that believe in the power of the cross of Jesus over the power of a Roman sword, over a Spartan sword, over a Trojan horse. It doesn't matter what was brought to them. They believe the cross of Jesus was more powerful. Paul is writing to these people. And he's saying, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, helps you in your weakness. And I think for a lot of us, we can read the scripture, but we will miss it. We will miss it. We love it on the surface, but it's so much better than that. It's my hope and my prayer that through this series you have realized that the Bible is so much better than you knew it was. It's so much better than you thought it was. The Holy Spirit is so much greater than you ever could have imagined that it was. He wants to be an integral part because of this. What Paul declares to the Romans is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives on the inside of you. And what we feel the miss with that is the magnitude, the majesty, the bigness that's associated with it, the greatness that's associated with it. If you don't stop and pause, you will read this and you will go, yeah, that's cool. Cool. No, 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 no. This is reality. This isn't fictional. This isn't some good thought. This isn't a good vibe. This isn't some energy that we're putting out to the universe. God says, you bow a knee, you come to knee, Jesus, you make your Lord of Lords, be baptized by water and in the fire called the Holy Spirit, okay? That's why when we pray for you, we pray that you receive the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have literally the same power on the inside of you that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Pause. Do you understand that? Christ Jesus, fully man, fully God, completely freaking dead. Okay, he was dead. No heartbeat, no pulse, stone was rolled, stabbed the side, just came out with plug with me. Jesus was D E D dead. I know it's spelled that wrong, I'm sorry. Let it be D E D dead. And one third, one third, three and one, one and three of the Trinity Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Genesis. Earthly voice, Spirit of God, hovering over him. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that lived in Jesus, that made him, sorry, that made him fully man and fully God, able to feel all the temptations that we feel, yet resist sin. That same Holy Spirit raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Please tell me, please stop and tell me why you're giving up on the ghost in your life. Why are you giving up the ghost in your life? Stop and please tell me what in your life he cannot revive. Because if he can revive God from the dead, he can revive your marriage. If he can revive God from the dead, he can revive your furlough job. If he can revive God from the dead, he can pull you from the depths of death. Whatever you're facing, please, 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 please. 
Stop and tell me how that is greater than the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, alive and active, sharper than any double-bladed sword. Come on, that is alive and active in your life that literally raised dead God from the grave. Please tell me what you can revive in your life. There is not a single thing under the sun, a single thing in our English vocabulary, any other kind of vocabulary out there. Anything like the holy, the holy from the heavens of heaven that Jesus Christ cannot revive. Come on, somebody. Paul sits here, he writes to the Romans, he says, He helps you in your weakness. He helps you in your weakness. This one's streaming, this one's not. That's okay. So, sorry. Make sure you guys make what you do in church. So, Paul, he, he's writing, he says, This Holy Spirit, not only is he so powerful, that he raised one third of himself. From a mortal prayer, okay? He beat death. That same spirit now is at work in your weakness. What? What? Maybe it's all good. It's all good. What? The same spirit helps the amount of weakness. That's the same, because here's the thing. As Christians, we associate God so much with our victory, it was our wins, it was our promotion, it was our influence, it was what our social media platform looks like, and what our family looks like, and how well our season's going, and we're like, oh, God is really in this. He's really in this. Look, he's shining his face upon our relationship. Look how good it is. Six months in, waves are ring, that day Beyonce, woo! I, I didn't get the dumb show, just so you know. I got lost in a YouTube rabbit hole one day, and I was like, oh, that's 30 minutes I ain't ever getting back. You're the dude with no neck, no shape, and he turns like this. And I'm like, what is happening? Okay, and I thank God to pray for you, loving you. God bless you, okay? We're with you. Heart and soul. But we associate him with our wins. But we don't realize that the Holy Spirit is just as much interactive just as much there, and just as much at help in your life on your lost side of your record as much as your win side of your record. We're counting scoreboard right now. If we're looking over here at the scoreboard of life, which is ridiculous, by the way, but if we're going to look at it, if we're going to uh, just give this any credence in our life whatsoever, we're looking at it. Oh, man, look at all those wins. Raking them up. Freaking Mamba killing it over here. 24! Thank you, God. So good. Praise God. Most high. So good. Oh, man. I'm a child. I'm a kid. I'm a sir. I'm a girl. Like, it's good. But then when a lot happens, when tragedy happens, when things don't go the way we hoped, planned, or imagined they would, then we don't associate that with God at all. Often we'll turn to blame God. Often we'll turn to blame other people. Often we'll turn to we'll put other people in that place of this is your fault this happened. If you would have opened your mouth, this would have happened. If this would have went this way, if you would have saw what I was trying to do, if you would have gave a promotion to them, you would have gave it to me. If you could have just got past your own this and your own that, whatever it may be, 
oh God, if you would just understand, if you would get behind what I'm trying to do, and we try to bend the arm of God, and we try to blame him and everybody else for the loss on our record, and we don't recognize in that moment the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is that work in your loss. He did not cause you to lose. But truth be told, if he wasn't there, that loss should have had its way with you. That loss should have been a whole lot worse. You may not understand some things inside of heaven. That might be hard for you to wrap your head around. But the truth of the gospel this morning is that the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, just when the disciples thought they lost, just when they thought all this last four years of their life, walking around, eating bugs, doing weird stuff, having a guy with long hair telling them that his body is bread and his blood is wine and all this stuff, they saw it as a loss. But what they saw was a loss. The Holy Spirit was still moving. What they saw as a loss, the Holy Spirit was still at resurrection. And what they saw as a loss, the Holy Spirit was at movement. Friends, he's so much better than you think he is. And if you're ever going to overcome in the lost season, if you're ever going to maintain when it's all coming down on you, if it's coming at you, the only way is if you begin to recognize he's just as that much, he's just as much at work in your losses as he is in your victories. Come on, son. Friends, this next part, Paul says, it's not even that he's just there or acquainted with your loss. No. It says that he groans. He groans. Have you ever heard that word? He groans. It's not English. It's not some decipherable thing that we can just unlock or mortal understanding. No, no, it says that he groans in heavenly and holy places with God for you. It says he groans. We've been in phases of life. I was there this week. Abed's family's there right now. Darren Patrick's family's there right now. We've been in places. We want so badly to pray. And we want so badly to believe. And we want so badly to be able to muster up some sort of faith and some sort of hope and some sort of good bumper sticker idea that will just nurse the wound and get us through this day. And we haven't been able to come up with the words or the language or the honesty that we feel like we can come with before God. We haven't been able to bring up our anxiety, or our anger, or our fear, or our doubt, or our hurt, or our loss. They were so just stunted for words. It's in those moments. It's in your wins. It's in your victory. It's in your most bold, audacious prayers pulling heaven down. But you need to know it's in those moments. Holy Spirit, when you don't have words, he groans for you. Yeah. Yeah. When 
and you don't have the thoughts to say, he groans for you. When you don't have the prayers to pray, he groans for you. When you can't come to the table of God and decipher what you need to say in an appropriate, put-together manner that actually just comes out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, who goes before you and goes after you and is always pursuing you, he is in direct connection with God right now. And he grows for you. Prayers that you've never been able to pray. He's been praying for you. Prayers that actually were selfish intention on your end. He's been praying righteous intention on your end. Things that you want to see come about, but you did not have the audacity. You didn't have the faith. You didn't have it on the inside of you to dare lift up your voice and believe because you didn't think God would ever do that for you. The Holy Spirit's been groaning. He's been groaning for you in those moments. He's been making a way for you in those moments. Paul goes on to say that the Holy Spirit intercedes on behalf of the saints. He intercedes on behalf of the saints. This is paramount today, friends. This is paramount for your life because some of us, we came into quarantine. We came into COVID-19. We came into the season where we already had brokenness. We already had doubt. We already had worries and anxiety and hurt and fear and all of these things that were crippling. We already had it. Now here we are. We find ourselves in a place where isolation doesn't give way to reconciliation. All we can do is sit and stew and get stagnant and think about how our parents failed us. Think about how our spouse is failing us now. Thinking about the business venture that's just falling apart before your eyes. Thinking about money and how you didn't have it before, you certainly don't have it now. And we're thinking about these things. Some of us, we had hurt, and I'm speaking to specific people in our church family right now. You had hurt going into the season. You had hurt going into the season that you didn't even realize that you were carrying. And nine weeks in quarantine has done nothing but put a magnifying glass on it, made it larger, made it appear larger than it actually is. You look into the rear view mirror this whole time. And like every rear view mirror says, objects may appear closer, may appear larger than they actually are. But this whole entire time, the same exact spirit, the same one who resurrected, who revived, who brought God back from the dead, who defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave, that same spirit is the same spirit who intercedes on yours and my behalf. Come on, somebody. This is not about how good you think you are. This is not about how bad you claim to be. It's not about your record. It's not about your ledger. It's not about what wins or losses or bad decisions or right decisions you make. The only prerequisite for the Holy Spirit interceding on your behalf is that you have the Holy Spirit. You see, friends, the Holy Spirit moving in resurrection life and with revival power, it's not contingent upon what you and I deserve. It's contingent upon what God's trying to reverse. Yeah. 
It's not contingent upon what you and I do or do not deserve. It's a contingent upon what God is trying to reverse. Come on, somebody. The same Holy Spirit that robbed the friend of Jesus Christ is robbing the devil of your marriage. The same spirit that robbed the friend of Jesus Christ is robbing debt collectors of you. The same spirit that robbed hell of its victory, that took sting, took the sting from death, the same spirit is fighting for you longer than you can acknowledge. Longer than you'll ever know. More has been happening behind the scenes than in front of the scenes. You just get so caught up with what's happening in front of the camera that you don't give God credit for what's happening behind the camera. How he's directing your life. How he's moving in hidden places. How he's been making things work together. Instead, that he is your advantage. He's always been your advantage. The Holy Spirit says that he intercedes. For the saints. Friends, this is not about what you or I deserve. I, for one, deserve hell. I deserve hell. What's happened in my life? What decisions I've made? What decisions I haven't made? Sometimes the decisions that you haven't made are just as hard. Sometimes your inaction is just as disqualified. Thank God that he says the gifts and call in your life are irrevocable. You can't disqualify yourself even when you try it to. You can't run away from this thing even when you're trying to. Because the Holy Spirit, when you're hurting, he's groaning. And when you're praying, he's interceding. When you can't lift up a prayer for yourself, when you can't lift it up for yourself, when you can't pray for others in an appropriate, adequate way to see heaven break loose in their lives, he's gone before you. We said last week that he goes to the depths of God. All his fear searches the depths of God for good purpose. When he prays to the depths of God in a language that the devil cannot intercept, that hell cannot receive, that you cannot misinterpret, that you can't hear wrong, because their words, these groanings, is too deep for your mind, for what we can actually comprehend. The communication that God has within Himself is always giving you over to life. When you can't pray because you're too full of hurt, the Holy Spirit's full of hope. When you can't pray because you're burdened with unforgiveness, and you're withholding it from them. He's going before God to make sure it works out. To make sure that the reconciliation can take place. When you feel like your heart is not giving way to softening. The Holy Spirit goes above your head. He ain't listening to you. You don't order him around. No, no, no. This is his domain. You do what he allows. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit goes beyond you to the big guy and says, this is what your son needs. This is what your daughter needs. Never mind his prayers. They're good. I'm glad he's in communication. I'm glad he's talking to you. But what he really needs is he needs to forgive this boy in third grade. If he pulls this list in here, he'll leave an entire chair on a baggage behind and walk into his purpose. 
to understand the context here. He's writing to Romans who have all done bad things, who have all been bad places, and who were definitely at a point where they're probably going to be at a huge loss and disadvantage in life. The Holy Spirit has never changed. As he hovered the earth, he's hovering on the inside of you. As he raised Christ from the dead, he's interceding for you. There is nothing in his life that he can again rob the grave of Jesus Christ. He can rob the devil of whatever he's been trying to take from you. This is who he is. And here's his next part. Paul says, Holy Spirit, you need to on your behalf. So that God may work all things out for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Pause. We love that piece of scripture. We do. We do it all the time. We say it all the time, especially here at Takeover Church, because we're all about life. We're all about faith. We're all about God moving and being alive and active. And here it is. I don't know. God's going to make all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. But we get to that. We get to that. We go, yeah, but have I been loving the Lord now? Have I loved him much more? Have I loved him how much I love my wife? Have I loved him how much I love my husband? I don't love how much I've not watched pornography lately. I mean, I'm still cheating. I have a love enough to overcome my cheating. Like, and we get in our heads off. Yes, sin, bad, stop, quit doing that. By the Spirit, get him, okay? But we get so consumed with our performance. We get so consumed with our performance and our behavior modification. Behavior modification has to happen. But first, soul transformation has to take place. Okay? Behavior modification will always follow soul transformation, but behavior modification can never lead to soul transformation. There's order to this thing, player. Amen. So here it is. God makes all things work for the good of those who love the Lord. I love it. It's on my Hobby Lobby t shirt. Woo! So good. Come on. I got to find the little pictures. Gonna print it out and put it in my house. Woo! Makes all things for the good of the Lord. One prerequisite to that. Love the Lord. Your behavior matters, but it doesn't matter that much. Your behavior matters, but it was never enough to twist the arm of God before Jesus. It's certainly not going to be enough to twist the arm of God after Jesus. Jesus has already made a way. But here we go. We read this scripture, we read this verse, and we think it's based off our performance or lack thereof. And really, it's based off the Holy Spirit. Look at it in context. It's so much better. Oh, I haven't been praying enough prayers. Maybe I should have prayed this way. Maybe I should have fasted longer. Maybe I should have gave more. Maybe I should have served longer. Maybe I should have done this and this and this. The Holy Spirit has already prayed, already served, already tithed, has already filled the imaginary quota that you play in your head that seems like it didn't work out for your good. Or maybe I gotta do this, maybe I gotta do this more. These things are great. But they become religion when they become the answer to how God made things work out for your good. They're good. But they're not the reason. The Holy Spirit is the reason. Because the Holy Spirit intercedes and interjects and intercepts on you and I's behalf. That's why things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. It's never been about your performance. It's never been about what you deserve or don't deserve. It's about what God is trying to reverse somebody. He's trying to reverse the curse on your marriage. He's trying to reverse the curse in your finances. He's trying to reverse the curse of the, of the generational curses that you've been underneath, the things that you've been 
given permission to. The things that you've been allowed to be a creed in your life. I'm sorry. I believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. is the only creed I live my life by. When we start to believe the creed that my father was an alcoholic, so I'm an alcoholic. My mother was an adulterer, so I'm an adulterer. My family has mental illness, so I'm going to be mental illness. No! It's the Holy Spirit that goes before you. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit that makes a way. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to rob mental illness of your life. Suicide doesn't deserve you. The Holy Spirit is intercepting. Yes. It's going to make all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. We're going to imagine with me for a moment. In just a second, don't call me up. I want you to partake. Just a second, another worship team come up. We're going to go in one more song worship session. If I get everybody in here to smile, we have to talk about it. But I got to go call and that's all right. Just go with me for a second. Go with me at home as best as you can. I understand kids, 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 that. But if you can, please. And then think about this later. Go home, like when you're praying with your wife, your spouse, or by yourself, or whatever your situation is. You got kids or not, I understand that's more than But do this at some point today, your personal time. Set up work time. Concentrate time to be with the Lord and make new our life is made up of our body, of our soul, of our mind, and our spirit. It's our actions, it's our interactions, it's our emotions and our desires. It's how we think and how the Holy Spirit operates. It's what we've always done and what God wants us to do. It's all of these things. I want you to think right now. I want you to think about Every area of your life, again, your body, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your emotions, your inactions, your actions, your sex life, your purity, your language, the way you use your mouth, what you build up, what you tear down, how you vote, whatever, all of these little areas that make up your life. Think about it. How you talk to your spouse, talk to your kids, all of these. Just imagine them in all of these different passageways. They're all going separate directions. In the middle of these passageways, in the middle of these passageways, in the middle of the irrigation system to your life, you want to see growth, you want to see health, you want to see wellness, you want to see fruit abound in your life, in all of these areas. You want to see God's best come about in all these areas, the spirit move in all of these areas. Think about it. In the middle of this irrigation system that makes you up, there's this water. And the water is the Holy Spirit. He's the God of the breakthrough, the bursting through, and the overflow. But for a lot of us, the reason we can't get past what's coming at us and what's dwelling upon the inside of us, so that the Holy Spirit can move in and through us, we got some valves that have been broken. We got some doors that have been shut. We got passageways that have been cut off. We've got areas in our lives that have very little of the Holy Spirit, very little of the running water, the living well water that God says will never run out because we have chosen to shut that valve off, to shut that door off. And the little bit of water that's holding that thing afloat has become stale, it's become stagnant, and it's no good anymore. It's just resting. So what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this moment 
He wants to rule and reign everywhere so he can run and revive everything. If he cannot rule and reign everywhere, he cannot rule and reign anywhere. So it's in this moment. Maybe it was your first marriage. And the man first you really took advantage of you treated you in no way that anyone should ever treat another person. I'm going to ask you to pray on this Mother's Day Sunday at 2020. If you can't open that valve for yourself, maybe it's rusted, maybe it's broken, maybe it's been chained and locked and The Holy Spirit, He's not just a chain breaker, He's a lock picker. And that baggage that you came into your second marriage with that you didn't even know you were carrying, you have that carry-on bag in the flight of your new life that you've been changed to, that you didn't realize you brought with you into this new season. I believe right now the Holy Spirit wants to pick that lock and drop that off the baggage land, and he wants to run wild in that area. Maybe your son. Maybe your son, much like me, your child is looking great. I love you, Mom and Dad. I'm so grateful that you're tuned to the church. So grateful that you're my parents. I'm so grateful that you're my mom. Honor you on this mother's day. Freaking love you. Let's know. So the end here, you're hot, honest, transparent church. Honest, open, transparent. Had a crazy childhood. Wasn't we great? A lot of wild things took place. If you're like me, there's a lot of things that you were dealing with as a young man, young woman, maybe you're 50, and you're still dealing with the ramifications of what wasn't there, what should have been there, of how it should have happened, how it really went down, that you've been existing in the tension of what you wish could have took place if it would have set you up for such a better win now than the reality of what actually took place and you suffered loss because of it, you've had held back, you've had hindrances because of it. It's in this moment, the Holy Spirit's the lot thicker, the grave robber, the interceptor, the interceder. I don't even know if that's a word, but he does it. To this moment right now that he wants to begin to run and revive in those areas. If you struggle with your identity. Maybe for you, whatever it's been, you apply it to every area that we're talking about. Every area that you think makes up your chemical makeup. Maybe for you sex is run for life. Sex to him, sex to her, sex to whatever. Maybe sex is run your life so much to the point that you identify more as a sexual creature, more as this, that, or the other thing. God, right now, He wants to move. He wants to rule and reign in your sexual identity, in your purity, in who you are as a person. First and foremost, first and foremost, as a son and as a daughter of the Most High God, He wants to rule and reign. He wants the river run wild all over that part of your life. He wants to revive. And he wants to restore, and he wants to resurrect. Maybe you feel like that part of you is too far damaged and too far gone, and you've done too many things with too many people to ever come back from it. So the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you, he raised God from the dead. He can raise that from the dead, too. So whatever area it is in your life, just begin to examine it just a moment. I'm going to pray. 
evident way to worship you back up here. The final part that Paul says, he says, God did all these things. Christ Jesus, Holy Spirit, making it work together for your good, interceding on your behalf, groaning when you can't pray, all of these things. It's so that Jesus could become the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Friends, the Holy Spirit wants to do, how he wants to make all things work out for the good of those who love him. All these things that he wants to do for your life is so that you can be transformed into the image of Christ and no longer conform to the image of this world. That's the chief concern of Christ, is that you would be made a son, that you would be made a daughter, that you would be made a brother, that you would be made a sister, that Jesus would be the firstborn among many. Your story's not done. Your story isn't finished. There's always more with God. There's always more resurrection life available to you, but resurrection life can only flow when we allow the Holy Spirit to do the resurrection work. In our lives. So I'm going to invite the worship team back up here right now. And as they get ready to lead us, you'll lead us in a, a powerful, amazing song. Yeah, go three seconds. I'll, 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 Great are you, Lord. He's greater than the valves that you got shut off. He's greater than the doors that you had closed. Friends, when you begin to understand that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you, you will not live your life based off your failures, but based off your permanent residency as a victor. Come on, somebody. Victors have a victory, victorious mentality. Victors don't allow defeat to define them when they know they've got the victory. So on this Mother's Day 2020, I want us to begin to declare, by the Spirit, I am a victor. By the Spirit, my wife is a victor. She will make it through this season. By the Spirit, my mother is a victor. She will make it through this season. For you moms out there right now worried about your kids, maybe they're growing out and they've been furloughed, maybe they're in home and they're not having school, maybe things are shut down and locked out, and you're a mom and you are fighting on the front lines of faith for your family right now, I want you to declare all of your kids, all of your spouse, all of your family, and by the Spirit, Families can be victorious in the season. By the Spirit, you're going to be victorious in your marriage. By the Spirit, adultery can't hinder what the Holy Spirit is interceding for. By the Spirit, you will be victorious in all the renewal that He wants to do. Anxiety can't rob you, worry can't rob you. No American sword can rob you. No Roman sword raised against you can rob you. You are a victor. Win or lose, you are victorious. Because the Holy Spirit has always been at work. And he is always crafting the situation. The devil may scheme, but the Holy Spirit crafts. And he is directing, he is putting together all things to 
work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are still called to His purpose. So right now, with every head bowed and eye closed, what advice will lead us to the song that says, Thank are you, Lord. It says, It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. If it's your breath that fills our lungs, we're going to pour out our praise in the lost. If it's the breath, if it's your breath that fills our lungs, we're going to shout out your praise in the victories. If it's your breath that's in our lungs, we're not going to be robbed of it by anxiety. We're going to pour out our praise. If it's your breath that's in our lungs, then whatever mental illness or mental warfare has been running wild in your life, I'm going to pour out your praise. I'm going to raise up the voice. I'm going to shout that I'm victorious before the throne of God because I am, because the Holy Spirit is moving when I can't see it, when I don't feel it, and when I can't recognize it, what it is for what it is, He's moving. Great are you, Lord. Now I'm going to receive that by the Spirit. Father God, with every head bowed and eye closed across this church, across all of our campuses, of course, across all of our brothers and sisters around this nation, around our globe, God, that are facing racism and oppression and hurt and bondage, people that have been bound and gagged by fear and worry and anxiety, before the marriages that were already hurt and broken before this time, to those that have been dealing with severe unforgiveness and hurt because of injustices that were done to them. God, right now, we just declare we're going to put our best foot forward in this. But we're going to recognize that it's not by our works and it's not by our toil. It's by the Spirit that gives way to breakthrough. And when your spirit gives way to breakthrough, that's how you overflow, overflow, that's how you overflow, that's how you overthrow everything that's going on on the inside of us and coming up against us, God, is by your spirit. And so right now, we're making this decision. We ain't never heard of Jesus like this. I didn't know. I thought he was the oppressor. I thought he's what racist hid behind to put us down. I thought he was part of the problem. I didn't realize that he was the cure for my anxiety, that he was the antidote that I needed, that he was the lament that I've been needing to get out, that he's the perspective in my pain. I didn't know. I know there was the Holy Spirit that wanted to give me over to life, that was groaning for me in the depths of my brokenness and in my weaknesses. I didn't understand that he decided to reside in me after he threw Jesus out of the grave. I didn't know. But I want to know. I want to know right now. For the first real time, for the first time in a long time, or for the first time, period, God, I want to know you. If that's you, I'm just going to pray over you right now. Just receive this. If you hear me, receive me. If you hear this, Receive this. Jesus, we give you our lives. We give you all that I am. All that we've been. All that we ever will be. 
want to resurrect our past. We want to revive our future. We're not interested in flat life Christianity. We want the heartbeat of the Father. God, we give you our lives and all the mess that comes with it. Because we know you're the God that brings beauty from ashes. It's who you are. We surrender our lives in Jesus' mighty name right now. We ask God. Through the Holy Spirit, baptize us in our dining rooms, our bedrooms, and our living rooms with our friends and above our kids with fire. We want the Holy Spirit. We want to pray without ceasing. We want to be shaped and transformed into the image and likeness of your Son and less like Matt McClure. Less like so-and-so. Less like whatever your name may be or every failure you've ever called yourself. We want to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We receive him. Revive my life like you did Jesus. Take me out of the grave like you did Jesus. Resurrect in me what you need to like you did Jesus. We love you, God. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for loving this world that's so broken and desperate in need of a Savior, God. We right now we turn it over to you. We give you the main event, the microphone. Have your way right now, Holy Spirit. As the works of Jesus begin to see, pray, are you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Seal it with amen. Amen, God.